another edition of Meet the Metapreneur. My name is Sharad Agarwal. I'm the Chief Metaverse Officer of Cybergear based in Dubai. Today, we are heading out to London to meet Dr. Christina Zhang, who is the CEO of the Metaverse Institute. Glad to have you on our show today, Dr. Christina. Very nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we did meet last week on another uh, channel, and I'm happy to have you here today. So if you may, please introduce yourself to our audience. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Christina Yan Zhang. I'm the CEO and founder of the Metaverse Institute. I am an early adopter of the Metaverse-related technology since 2006, when I started my master research on this topic using Metaverse to develop international strategies for universities worldwide. And then I was very lucky to get full scholarship to continue my research in the Metaverse using digital twin to simulate real world construction, engineering, architectural projects, which I completed in 2012. And professionally, I spent 16 years turning forward thinking ideas into ultra high growth business with global impact. And I have extensive experience working with government ministers, university presidents, and business CEOs on industrial innovation and skill strategies. So one of the company I previously working for, QS, as some of you know, the leading world university ranking agency between 2013 and 2020, I was leading their China business Pretty much starting from scratch, I grew the UK headquarters firm's profits and commercial success in China. In 2016, China's vice premium highlighted the use of QS ranking in a keynote speech with the ranking impact five years funding allocation to 3,000, actually 3,005 universities with 48 million students and a budget of 750 billion US dollars. And I was very lucky to sit on more than 20 different intergovernmental committees with UNESCO, World Bank, Commonwealth Secretariat, European Commission, and the UK government. Well, I have to say that's an amazing bio. And I want to congratulate you on all your achievements uh, so far. Of course, there's more to go in terms of where we are with respect to metaverse. It's early days. And I think, uh, you know, education is the need of the hour. And people who are entering for the first time need to understand the, uh, you know, the terminologies, the glossary of Web3, metaverse, tokenization, DAOs. There's so much to learn, right, in the new economy. So I'm curious to know, what do you do at the Metaverse Institute to help with the education of people? So basically what we are lucky to do at the Metaverse Institute, we have um, got together a group of the wording pioneers in Metaverse, artificial intelligence, machine learning, smart city and related technology to really use evidence-based research and a more pragmatic and rigorous approach to help governments, intergovernmental organizations, big corporates and institutional investors, as well as university research institute to looking at what can we use related technology to really help to improve the real world 
for both commercial success and uh, social impact. Right. So uh, can you just uh, share with me the profile of people who come for training to you? Are these uh, students in colleges, universities? Are they uh, middle management people working in corporates? What's the typical demographic of people who come to you? Uh, it's normally governments and uh, intergovernmental like uh, leaders as well as very big corporates. So recently I gave a, a speech at uh, my local university, Loughborough, alongside um, the leading uh, professors at academic at MIT uh, management school. So we were talking about how to use metaverse to develop the future of sports of the world. Because you know, Loughborough University is uh, ranked as number one in the world for sports technology, where MIT is ranked as number one in the world as you know, a really innovation technology-driven university. So I think getting together the world's leading experts in both disciplines to looking at what kind of pragmatic use can we develop using sports to really helping looking at what can we do looking in the future can be very exciting, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm also curious to know your take on the timeline for mass adoption, you know, of all new technologies, how far away are we, you think, when let's say 2 billion people on the planet will be spending a few hours in the metaverse? I think it will take some time because um, at this moment, you know, there is still a lot of IT infrastructure issues need to be addressed. So according to Intel, in order to release the full potential of the metaverse, we need at least another 1,000 times computing power to really help achieve what we want to achieve in the years to come. And at this moment, there has been a lot of experiments with quantum computing and all the other related high-performance computing try to make that happen. So that will be one important area. And another really important area, I'm sure as many of us have understand, what we are experiencing now is actually the second wave of attempts to have mass adoption because the first attempt took place in 2003, when Second Life, the world's first metaverse, was created by Linden Lab based in San Francisco. And looking back, the last wave didn't really achieve its expectations. It's perhaps because issues like content control uh, online safety. So I think this time, if we want to get it right, proper regulation need to be in place to ensure within the metaverse ecosystem, issues like the collapse of FTX doesn't happen again, because any incident like that happen is create massive reputation damage to the whole sector, which is not really good. And the third point, I think we need to really have a balanced approach to deal with the over-enthusiasm. Uh, some people will care that's hype, to really have a very balanced approach to say, what can we achieve now compared with what we can achieve by 2030? Because a lot of people are quoting big numbers, say 5 trillion US economy by 2030, but how much money can we make now? Or what kind of social impact can we achieve now? So it needs to be a very pragmatic approach 
yes. to managing the expectation to ensure people understand what they can do in the next few years. Yes, those are great points. Uh, just to recap, we need acceleration in technology. Perhaps 6G could be an answer. I don't know, yeah. but I guess it will be. Um, also, like you mentioned, we need regulation. So every country has to uh, you know, work on this and see what is practical and what can be implemented quickly. And then I think, uh, like you said also, for mass adoption to happen, we have to set very realistic goals uh, and uh, like a step-by-step -step approach. And in my opinion, the Oculus glasses, headsets, prices have to come down, or perhaps $200 from where they are right now uh, before people can you know, really afford to uh, use them to experience the metaverse. Yeah, so I'm, I guess, um, if we just follow technology, it's inevitable, right? It's a no-brainer that metaverse is not only the future, but it is now. And uh, organizations, I think, would be wise to uh, you know wear the leader's hat rather than be followers. So now is a good time to start experimenting and learning. And what's important is it's okay to fail, right? But you need to start now, in my opinion. Do you agree with that? I agree, and, and we need to also do a lot of education, both to regulators as well as the general public. I mean, a lot of people still do not really understand what the metaverse is. And when I ask a lot of friends, they will say, you, need, you really need a VR goggle to get involved in metaverse. But we know VR goggles are only one of the many different user interface we can utilize. And there are also immersive 3D screens things like haptic voice recognition. Uh, and also, if we want to go a little bit further, like Elon Musk, he really preferred to have a neural links, like computer yeah. chips into your brain, which I think can be a little bit too exciting for the majority of people, but there are options. So I think we need to realize it's uh, something still evolving very fast. And there might be many different approach to get involved and be part of it. Yeah, I was reading that Elon also wants to download our brains and put them in the cloud. Lord knows what his trip is. But anyway, these are exciting times. And I think uh, we are lucky to be alive, uh, you know, in this time. And uh, changes are happening so fast that if you blink, you miss the bus. So we are, I guess, uh, always on in our 24 by 7 world that we live in. And it's challenging to uh, say the least to kind of, I'm struggling with, uh, maintaining a work-life balance because you know it's a rat race you don't want to miss out on anything uh, most people suffer from FOMO I, I definitely do so how do you maintain your work-life balance Dr. Christina please share with our audience um good question I really enjoy doing exercise so I try to keep a record of spending two hours each day in in the gym and try to be healthy and also for me, it's very important to go out, especially on a weekly basis, to see difference, like a national trust and English heritage. That's how we call those cultural um, properties across England. And I find that really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. And I actually wrote an article on LinkedIn a few weeks back, which said from uh, URL to IRL. Right, so people need to spend a lot of time uh, in the real world 
meeting real people, right? Because if you do back-to-back -back zooms, it's not good, too much radiation and uh, body needs movement. So yeah, I'm advising all youngsters to get out there and you know uh, spend more time in the real world than so to say in the digital space. True. So um, I want to pivot now to something you are very passionate about and that is climate change, right? And like I was sharing with you before the show, I've also spent last 12 years running a sustainability project out of Dubai, which is called Go Green. And I think uh, this is a subject that all of us need to be not only concerned with, but take action because small steps together can make a big difference globally. So what is your thinking and what is your advice to people who are listening to the show? How can we perhaps use some Web3 tools and technologies to, you know, to get climate uh, change under control? Over to you. Thank you. I I feel very passionate about anything to do with climate change because uh, especially this year, worldwide we extreme we have been experiencing all kinds of extreme weather. And during the summertime, the first time I live in the UK, where the weather is like over forty degrees Celsius, where normally it's probably like twenty up to thirty degrees Celsius for extremely hot. And I was watching the news recently, and I was like really sad and uh, worry to see what happened in the America, Canada, as well as Japan. It almost feels like um, the weather was so cold there. It uh, reminds you of the movie, The Day After Tomorrow. So I think it's really important that we're looking at how to use Web3 related technology to empower individual citizens like us to try to come together and combine uh, climate change. And the most important part of Web3, it's, it's feature in decentralization and empowerment for the community. So I'm really happy to see there has been lots of digital twin created on a global scale to try to simulate and mitigate any extreme weather led by both the European Commission for their projects as well as NVIDIA. But I think what will be really interesting is how we can allow the tens of millions or billions of global population using those kind of digital twin to see how every single one of us, what we can do, say reducing our own carbon footprints by 20% each year, for example, and how that's going to be visualized in digital twin to see different part of the world, how that's part can be positively impacted as a result of our own individual action on a daily basis. I think that can be very empowering. And I think this is something we can be doing in addition to using blockchain to record uh, carbon credit footprints to looking at how we can you know, do something together to make it work, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you read this story, it was a, um, good one about digital twins that California government uh, is uh, using to tackle the wildfires that happen every year, you know. Uh, so they are simulating the conditions to see how they can preempt uh, certain uh, fires before they occur, right, and how they can douse them in quick time. So yeah, the technology is out there. 
we just need some, uh, I guess, some thinkers, some change makers to get together and translate it into reality. So uh, I am sure uh, each one of us cares about our planet, largely because we don't have another one to go to. There is no plan B in this case. So, yeah, it's very important for each one of us to form a chain and participate in some uh, manner to, uh, you know, uh, to keep uh, us in a sustainable environment. And even in Dubai, you know, it gets hot every year. So when I came here 32 years back, it used to be 40 degrees Celsius in summer. Now it reaches 48 degrees. So it's like totally out of control. And luckily the Dubai government has got a, uh, you know, a lot of policies uh, which are in place, like plastic is totally banned from all outlets and uh, government has taken a lot of, uh, rather implemented a lot of regulation. And I think rather than leaving it to people's individual conscience, governments need to participate by, uh, you know, uh, walking the talk and putting regulation in place to guide uh, citizens and educate them. And I think school children and Gen Z are the ones who need to be the flag bearers of uh, this. Uh, do you agree with that? I think it's very important, actually, the whole uh, climate change related education should be fully embedded into the curriculum, all the way from like nursery to schools, to colleges, as well as for upscaling, like uh, opportunities for every single one of us. Because if we do not have a really sustainable real world to live in, it doesn't matter what we do in the virtual world, our physical presence won't be happy. Absolutely. So on that note, I want to thank you, Dr. Christina, for sharing your insights on a wide range of topics. Um, I have uh, loved this conversation and I'm sure our audience will also enjoy listening to you. So yeah, thank you. And I look forward to staying in touch with you as we uh, together educate people and make Metaverse a reality. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure yeah. and Merry Christmas. I look forward to seeing you on the other side. So I want to say bye to you for now. Bye. Bye.